Good morning, everybody. <laughs> you would never believe it, but 11 years ago, um, I had a vision that I would be stood up here preaching. Scott said, one day you're going to lead that church. I said, don't be ridiculous. And how right he was. Um, I am terrified, so we'll just go for it. All right. It's uh, a privilege to be up here talking to you all this morning. You don't know how much this means to me. Sabbath to me was marked by the day God rested after creating this wonderful world. I'm going to read the passage again because it was so short and it fluffs out my words. Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I believe that God took that time to sit back and look at the wonders that he had created. What a beautiful world he blessed us with. Do we stop and take a moment to look at God's creation? Do we stand in the garden and look up at the stars and the moon in awe? Do we watch the tide roll in and out, standing on the beach, and wonder at the strength of the ocean and the influence that this has on the whole earth? Our tide comes in at western, but is disappearing at some counterpoint across the other side of the world. It's mind-blowing. The animals and the plants that interact and are codependent upon their existence in this world. Are we thankful that God has created a world where food could be in abundance for everyone? Where man was put in charge of his creation? Did he take that seventh day to reflect whether he had made the right decision, putting us in charge of his world? Did he have regrets or worries that man would mess things up? I picture God making plans for what ifs, taking stock of what he had achieved and the different directions that could now happen due to circumstances beyond his control. He had given us free will. Anything could happen. Sometimes we are so busy that we forget to stop and look at what we've accomplished with his blessing, with our eyes and minds still focused on looking at what needs to be done. Our time on this earth is limited. We should stop and enjoy the fruits of our labors. God has always intended us to rest just like he did. He put balance into everything, from light to dark, land to sea, man to woman, being busy to resting. You need to have the opposites in life to appreciate them both. How would we ever know right from wrong if there were no opposites? His 10 commandments given to us in Exodus chapter 20 give us a good set of rules to follow and being short, there shouldn't be a problem. Only worship one God, tick. Don't make or worship idols. Tick. Don't misuse God's name. No swearing. My mum was really strict on this one. Tick. Keep the Sabbath holy. Well, I'll come back to that one. Respect your parents. I have to be honest, I try to. Do not murder. Definite tick. Do not commit adultery. Ditto. Uh, do not steal. Absolutely not. Do not lie about others. 
definitely not, and do not cover. That's a tick as well. I think I've got them sewn up, just about. Jesus upset the Pharisees with his healing on the Sabbath and caused great controversy. Some would say this was working, but we know God loves us and wants us to be whole, and it would be incorrect to say that we never offer to pray for healing on Sundays. Quite the opposite. Jesus is not concerned with the legal issues of the law given to Moses in this respect, but sets examples of taking time to stop and pray and give thanks to his Father, our Lord. In Luke 10, verses 26, excuse me, Jesus was asked by an expert in law, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told him that if we do this, we will live. We must find the time to dig deep into this behavior and there is no better day to do this than on the Sabbath. So keeping the Sabbath holy never seemed a big deal to me. If I go to church, I must have fulfilled this obligation. However, in hindsight, I don't believe an hour or two a week fulfills this rule. And if you're like me, then we need to do better. Life has changed over the years. Growing up, Sunday was a family day for me. Church in the morning, by myself, unfortunately. Roast dinner and time spent with loved ones. As I grew up, I joined the Navy. And in training, Sunday was also a day of worship. But in the afternoon, you had the rest of the day to prepare your kit for the week ahead. The culture began where I was always working and preparing for what was coming. Time to stop never existed in my life. I met the man of my dreams in the Navy, Scott. He worked shifts, and Sundays to him was the same day as any other day of the week. Married, he became a police officer and continued to work shifts for approximately the next 30 years. This had a knock-on effect on our family life and routines, and I tried to return to church over the years, but timing was wrong, and we made the unconscious decision to concentrate on using that time that we had when our diaries would sink to work for us as a family. We would visit family on those rare occasions when Scott would have a day off on a Sunday. They were very few and far between. I tried to go to church on Sundays when he was working, but even today when I'm on my own, I feel that half of me is missing, and I definitely struggled more with this in the past. We all want everyone to know Jesus and love him, and can be desperate for people to know him as early as possible. I bounced between churches depending on where I lived and circumstances, but it wasn't until 2011, aged 43-ish, that I came to St. Paul's and have been regularly attending since. Baptised shortly thereafter and deciding to serve and make friends and family here has been the best decision that I ever made. Now I was on that journey to becoming a true Christian, loving Jesus and trying to be obedient. Maybe later to the table than anticipated, but it didn't matter. Being baptized doesn't mean everything falls into place, though, and that you've things sewn up. Quite the opposite, in fact. Touched by the Holy Spirit regularly, 
I feel like I've been in a battle ever since in some shape or form. Children growing up through the terrible teenage years, family health issues, money worries, learning my new identity. But things get better. Life becomes easier as we get older and wiser. Scott started to wind down, retired and rested for a few years, and finally dynamics change, altering my life in the process. We are called to steward this world. I have recently recognized I am a doer and a people pleaser. My whole life has been one of complete work, and up until May this year, when I stopped working, I then called it my rest period. I was kidding myself. I threw myself into working for the church here. Was I working for God, the church, or just myself? With hindsight, I realized that it was for me. I couldn't and can't be at peace and stop. I remember Gavin always says that we are saved by grace, not by work. He must say it in every sermon that he preaches. Um, well, I never knew where it was, but at 4.30 this morning, God showed me where it was. It's in Romans 11. I could have done without that little note, but there it was, half past four, having a cup of tea. God calls us to rest on the Sabbath. We have even acknowledged that it doesn't have to be a Sunday, but we must take time to rest and be with our Lord and give thanks for the beauty surrounding us and for all the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. Do you do it? Do I do it? I don't. I fail, but that's okay because I realize that I don't do it and I can make adjustments to my life. I have recently started a new part-time job to give me backspace to worship our Lord rather than turning this place of worship into my work refuge. It seems strange and hard to get my head around when I had every day to worship Jesus in this wonderful place, but it didn't happen. I was too caught up in doing stuff. People were squeezed in, family pushed out, but more importantly, I didn't find enough time for God. It took me to a breaking point where I realized that I was doing things wrong. My balance in life had become skewed so quickly and God has something else for me to do. My husband, Scott, has told me so many times over the years to stop and rest. But I feel guilty when I'm in the company of others. I need to learn to stop and not feel guilty and rest with Jesus. And I wonder, why do I find it so hard to do? We need to encourage one another to spend time with family in whatever shape they come church family, or like mine, not. Put down the cleaning, the garden, if it's a chore, shopping and the like, and give ourselves space to listen to those around us. God not only talks through his word, but guides us in life with the people he puts around us, through visions and events which others may say were fate. I don't believe in fate. God has a plan. We just need to stop and hear it and see it. Will you walk with me through this journey and remind me, as well as yourselves, to just stop and be still and let the world work around you? I would say every week, but I have to start with small steps and make a new habit in my life. Let the preparation of this sermon be the start of a new lifestyle for both me and you. Amen.
You can see why I said, I think you need to come and preach on Sabbath, Sharon. Thank you. Challenging.